This is the only human podcast from Community Radio Four Triple Z out of Brisbane, Australia. And you're on I Human on Four Triple Z Digital. And today on the show we have a special guest in the studio. Hello, Francis. Hello, Kim. Hello, Steve. Pleasure oh. to be here. Francis Quan Farrant. Correct. Is from People with a Disability Australia. Tell us about People with a Disability Australia and what you do there, please. Sure. Okay. People with Disability Australia, or PWDA, and I'll say PWDA today uh, because it's shorter, uh, is a national um, peak body for people with disability. It's been around quite a long time. It was established in 1981, um, which was the International Year of Disability, if you are old enough to remember 1981. yeah, no, you're not old enough, Kim. I'm old enough, but I don't remember. Oh, okay. I do remember. Um, <laughs> so established in 1981, um, it evolved into a national organisation. It was New South Wales-based, specifically Sydney-based. Um, and it came out of a, a group of um, community organisers, uh, people with disability, who um, liberated themselves from a care home. Yeah, so it has a very, very strong um, human rights base uh, to the organisation. So human rights is really where we're at. So the 80s was a period when a lot of people were coming out of homes and living in the community, weren't they? Yes. And particularly in New South Wales, they had the the Richmond scheme, um, which saw a lot of um, um, institutions or a lot or the process of deinstitutionalisation move forward. And the Richmond scheme then sort of moved across Australia. Yeah. And so uh, PWDA has gone from strength to strength and getting bigger every year. I don't know if we're getting bigger every year, but certainly um, we are getting stronger. Our membership um, is getting stronger. And this is a members-based organisation and you're very free to join us. In fact, it is free to join. You just have to go to our website at www.pwd.org.au and sign yourself up. Absolutely right. After this show, I'll be joining PWDA. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, so uh, what sort of services does PWDA offer to people who join? Sure. Okay, so we're not a service-based organisation, but we are an advocacy and information-based organisation. So we offer two types of advocacy. We do individual advocacy. That's one-on-one work with people who have a need or an issue that they need support around addressing. Uh, and we have advocates through New South Wales and through Queensland. So here in Queensland, we have advocates in Logan, on the Sunshine Coast, uh, on the Fraser Coast, Bundaberg and Mount Isa. And uh, part of that question was, what do you do as policy officer? Ah, policy and research. So I'm the senior research and policy officer for the entire organisation, but I am based here in Brisbane. Uh, And so what I do is I coordinate all research requests um, and all research-based work that the organisation might be um, involved with. So that means working with universities, working with independent scholars, or working with organisations who want to conduct research with people with university. That might be a government department or a corporation. So does that mean you're collaborating with them or giving them advice about how to best include people with a disability in their research? Okay, with our research, we prefer, uh, and specifically, uh, we we prefer inclusive research methodologies and we prefer that research is co-designed. Uh, so that's people with disability are part of that whole process from the get-go, from the very beginning. So 
not as passive consumers, not as passive participants, but people who are actively involved in the whole research process and that the questions that they want answered are answered. Mm -hmm. So yes, we do collaborate with organisations, but we only do so if those organisations are prepared to work with us with our set of research protocols. So that would involve training people who may have no research experience to be researchers? We could do that. And certainly we would work with universities who offer that. At the moment, the University of Melbourne in particular um, has a community researchers scheme uh, and they are training uh, people who've got no research background as community researchers as part of their new disability um, initiative in their new disability institute. And do you find that um, going to the grassroots like you do Mm. is a really good way to find out what people are thinking and what they need? It's the only way. Yes. It's the only way. That's what I wanted you to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't really know. I mean, a top-down approach to anything will never get a genuine, authentic answer or response. You have to work from the bottom up. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, you recently went to Ireland. Mm, How did. exciting. Was it cold? No, it was it was warm and they're currently having a drought. Oh. Um, yes, yeah, so that's climate change for you. I, I didn't get sunburnt though, which is great. So why did you go to Ireland? Tell why did I go it. to Ireland? Okay, it, the National University of Ireland in Galway um, holds a summer school every June uh, for international disability law and policy specifically looking at the work of the convention, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of People with Disability. So I and my colleague Meredith uh, attended the, the summer school. And um, you were telling me earlier that one of the big, uh, I guess, ideas that came out of that, which has been around for a while but maybe just getting mainstream credence, is that of intersectionality. Tell us about that. Sure. Okay. So the theme of the the summer school this year was intersectionality. And you're right, it's a word that's been around for quite a while now and it comes out of the United States and the work of, of, of black feminist um, writers and academics. And this is around looking at um, your work, um, so for example, advocacy work, um, from the point of view of intersectionality. So what are the intersections? Well, what we learnt at the summer school is always think of the other. So if you see a person with disability, what's the other question you can ask? Is that person of um, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander? what about how that person um, chooses to orient themselves um, sexually? So always think of the other question. There's always more than one identity that we carry. And I think that's that was one of the main themes that came out of, um, of the summer school is it's very easy for um, non-disabled people to box people with disability into a single identity. And that's not true. No one has a single identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have intersections. Um, and so it's around, you know, recognising that, recognising your own intersections, which might also include privilege, and then applying that to your work. Yes, I found it really heartening to go to conferences recently and people have got up and said, like, I'm a, I'm a white middle-class woman and that's got privilege. And it has to be said. And it has to be spoken. And, you know, a white middle class woman who doesn't identify with disability but working in the disability sector. Mm. So what position do you take? And for myself, I choose second position. So you'll never see a picture of me. So what does that mean when you're in practice? In practice, uh, that means using inclusive language. That means um, talking about um, us and we. Um, And as I said, you'll never see a, a picture of me 
um, on the website or uh, in any of the work I do because it's about the work that I do and I'm answerable to the membership base and I'm answerable to our board because we are a DPO, it's a disabled persons organisation. So that means our board is 100% made up of people with disability. And despite the fact that I'm talking a lot today, that's what we try to do on this show too. But Steve is very quiet and I have to encourage him to speak up. Steve, do you have any questions for Francis? Um, so what types, what types of disabilities do you, uh, do you support? Well, our membership um, is pan-disability. It's a cross-disability organisation. So that's anyone who identifies as having a disability, whether it's physical, sensory, psychosocial, whatever. If you identify, then we cover you. Of course, not, not all people with disabilities do identify, do Correct. they? Correct. Yeah. That's right. Makes them a bit harder to help, though. Well, and that's a choice. That's right. That's a choice. And everyone should have a choice to do whatever they like with their lives. That's exactly right. We are going to talk now about what happened at the Australian Association of Asian Studies Conference in Sydney. Why would people with a disability be going along, or people who support people with a disability, along to that conference? Good question, but, you know, thinking about what we were talking about earlier around intersectionality, um, the conference was held at the University of Sydney uh, and uh, their Asian Studies Centre has been working alongside their Disability Policy Institute and as a result, a disability stream was introduced to the conference. Now, this was a massive conference, 1,500 attendees um, from all walks of life in all areas. Um, but yes, we attended uh, because we've been doing some work with the University of Sydney um, around um, inclusive education in Indonesia, in Yogyakarta. Uh, and so we went and uh, presented our work uh, at that conference. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your colleague, Kate Finch, you That's said right. it was, about her paper that she presented? Sure. So Kate is our Strategic um, Operations Director, uh, and that's kind of like a really, really big title. Uh, but what, what Kate does is she works uh, around, the, around community development and development more broadly. We have relationships with um, DPOs in Asia-Pacific um, and the particular work that Kate was involved with uh, in Yogyakarta was around supporting DPOs uh, um, and inclusive education. So um, a little bit, you know, it's different in Indonesia. It's, it's different in any country outside of Australia. In fact, it could be, you could say it's also different inside Australia because we have different states. Um, so it was around yeah, supporting DPOs uh, to go into schools to help um, facilitate the process of um, creating inclusive education facilities as opposed to segregated education facilities. Mm -hmm. So they've just started being more inclusive in their education system, have they? In Yogyakarta. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the DPOs there are quite active. Um, they have quite a voice. Um, and we came in to support them as... You know, we're the, one of their well, we are their nearest neighbour. Mm -hmm. um, so we came in to um, support them um, with methodologies around um, working in class, not working in classrooms, but working towards achieving that policy outcome. Yeah, so that's happening in Australia too, of course. Special schools are sort of waning away. And, that's right. Um, everybody's being included in all classes now. Can you tell us a little bit about what the benefits of that are? Because people listening might not know. Sure. Well, certainly here in Queensland has just released a policy on inclusive education um, so that um, 
children with disabilities will be included across the board in mainstream schools. If you're segregated out from the beginning, how are you ever going to be part of the community? How are you ever going to have a fulfilling role within community? Because being in community isn't just about, you know, turning up at the shops or turning up at a coffee shop. That's about belonging. So how do you feel like you're belonging in a community if you've been segregated out since you were a child? What about work? What about working people with disability? Well, if you've been segregated out from the beginning, then how are you going to be able to move into a workspace um, that might have policies that are accepting maybe of people with disability but there's a whole skill set there's a whole range of social skills that that um, that happen in school in the school setting um, that are important you know schooling is much more than simply reading and writing and arithmetic that's a it's a whole way of being mm. and if we're segregating people out of that process then we're segregating them out of the community long term would you say that um, inclusivity in education and everywhere else really is uh, a way of breaking down the stigma that might exist for some people with disabilities I think so yeah I think so I think it's around taking down that barrier you know um, or one of the barriers around um, disability people mm. with disability that sounds great. Mm. You also mentioned to me earlier that people with a disability Australia are looking to work with scholars with a disability. Yes, that's what we'd really like to to encourage. Um, we'd like to see um, more um, uh, scholars with disability uh, drive research uh, from the get go. If you're an independent scholar, even better because you're not then um, you know beholden to somebody else's research agenda. You can drive your own, and we'd like to support that as much as possible. We'd like to support that research, you know, promoting the research um, and helping you find um, you know possible participants with that research. Um, and it's research that is you know inclusive around our protocols. Mm. What does inclusive research look like to, oh, what to a, us researchers? <laughs> <laughs> what a great question! And I think there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of discussion around this particular point. What does inclusive research really look like? For some people, they might think uh, some researchers might think that inclusive research simply means having participants with a disability um, is inclusive research. Well, no, that's not inclusive. Some uh, people might use words like co-design and co-production, but what they're again looking for is perhaps a, a consulting role, um, either from an organisation or people with disability. That's not inclusive. Inclusive research really means working from the beginning with people with disability, and it's about walking alongside the process. And that means co-design means that people with disability are writing the questions, they're devising the questions, they're doing the research, they're analysing the research. It has been done and it has been done very successfully here in Australia in some cases, um, also in Ireland um, and in Iceland. And, and, you know, we probably are leading the world in a lot of ways around these particular methodologies. And when you do your research in that manner, mm. it, like I was saying before about the grassroots, is that where you're really getting to the crux of what matters to people with a disability in terms of what needs research? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's action research, you know, really, that's, that's what it is. It's action research. Um, and because it is grassroots based, because it's being driven by the people who want certain questions answered, then you will get the answers instead of imposing 
you know, ideas and assumptions upon people. Because there is so much, it's a very over-researched area, I would say, people with disabilities. Absolutely. Having read a lot of it myself, that um, you, taking that extra leap and making sure you include the people, instead of just having an idea yourself. I mean, I feel like now, at the end of my research, that I should have done that, that I should have been more inclusive right from the beginning. And I haven't done that. And lessons for next time. That's right. Lessons for next time. <laughs> and, you know, you're not the only one. Um, a lot of people, you know, it, it's, it's almost sort of like an aha moment. Yeah. Um, when we say, well, hang on, nothing about us without us. <laughs> um, oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, we should have asked. Well, yes, you should have. Exactly. Mm. So um, if people are listening mm. and they are thinking, well, what people with Disability Australia are doing sounds really awesome. How can I get involved? Can people get involved and volunteer? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, go to our website. That's www.pwd.org.au. Go and have a look at the website. It's a brand new website. It's very, very easy to use. Um, even I can use it. Um, and it has all the information you could possibly want about the organisation if you want to be involved, if you want to be a member, if you want to be a volunteer, uh, or if you have any questions around um, inclusive research practices and people with disability, I'm only too happy to answer them. And you can contact me through the website. And there are resources on your website too for Absolutely. Your yes, yeah. there's plenty of resources around individual advocacy, around the NDIS, in particular NDIS appeals and reviews. Uh, around um, all forms of, of disability information. We, we do provide a disability information service. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, do you have a final message that you want to give listeners about, you know, you're on the air now, you've got an opportunity? <laughs> on the air now, living on the edge, Kim, living on the edge. If I have a final message um, for listeners out there in Radioland, I would say uh, speak up, absolutely speak up. And make sure that your voice is heard. And if you don't think your voice is being heard, then you can contact an advocate who will walk with you uh, to make sure your voice is heard. Because, yes, nothing about us without us. Mm -hmm. And Steve, have you got any last questions you'd like to ask? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, thanks. Thank you so much, Francis, for coming in today. And that website again is www.pwda.org.au to find out more about what Francis does and what the organisation does and uh, maybe get involved if you want to and become a member. Absolutely. Please become a member. We'd love that. It's free. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.